What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cheap Seats Podcast. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there from Dalton and Adam, both co-hosts, both here to give you a Christmas Day podcast. One of the best days of the year for most people. For whatever reason, you celebrate it. A lot of people, it's about the gifts. A lot of people, it's about the Christmas Day games. And this year, we got basketball and we got football. Typically, it's only basketball. This year, they added in some football games. As a, as a sports fan, while you're with the family, doing whatever you do on that day, it kind of, it kind of, you know, if, if you're, you know, what happens when, when family gets together, Adam? They argue. It happens with every family. For me, I just kind of break away, watch my sports games. And, and this year, you know, I have more than just basketball to watch. So to start off, we're going to give you guys our predictions on the Christmas Day football games. Start off with the Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. What, what do you got? Yeah, so you were talking about, like, the games being added on Mondays and families getting together and they like to argue like, and they like to go at it. What's really fun about these games is – I'm going to expand on more than just this one for just a second – the Raiders-Chiefs, big-time rivalry, right? Like, I guarantee if you're a Chiefs fan, you have Raiders fans in the family, right? If you're an Eagles fan, you have Giants fans in the family. And then and then on Monday, we also have the 49ers and Ravens, probably the two best teams in football. This could be a Super Bowl preview. So these games are are huge, huge in terms of rivalry. You know, your fan, like, it, it's going to be a fun Monday. But, unfortunately, we start with the Raiders and Chiefs game, who we think that – I don't want to speak for Dalton here, but we think this game is probably going to be ugly. And I think the Chiefs will figure it out. Their offense hasn't really hit on all cylinders so far. But Mahomes will figure this out. Kelsey will do Travis uh, Travis Kelsey things. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looked really good last week. I don't know when Pacheco plans on coming back. But this this Chiefs team can figure this out. And here's how you figure it out. Keep Kadarius Toney on the bench. That's how we figured this out. I think the Chiefs will win this game. I, I don't think it's a close game, and I'm glad this one starts off the day instead yes. of ending the day. Yeah, I agree. And just like I told you guys, Merry Christmas to start the show. Patrick Mahomes is going to tell Max Crosby, Merry Christmas. Here's your Christmas gift. I'm whipping your ass. Give me the Chiefs $5 million. It ain't even close to this. <laughs> so another game you talked about where there definitely are family members who are definitely you know fans of both of these teams. It's a rivalry. The Giants ain't got much to play for. The Eagles definitely do. Still playing to try to win that division. You know, Brian Dable's going to have New York ready. I know I said they don't have much to play for, but they're going to be ready to play. He wants to keep his job. Tommy DeVito still wants to get these sponsorships, and he wants his agent to be the biggest thing in the world. It's been a fun story, but the story ends here. It ends here, okay? Another Christmas gift. Jalen Hurts is about to gift all you Giants fans with a big old L because the Eagles, they're mad. They're disappointed. They've been disrespected. I'm sure they're tired of it. And I know one guy who's tired of it, Jason Kelsey, okay? Jalen Hurts is, is a leader, but, I, I mean, you, you're an Eagles fan. You, you correct me if I'm wrong. Jason Kelsey is the leader of the football team. He has been for a long time, and he's just that guy. You know what I mean? He, he's he's the center of the, on, the, on the line, but he just gives you, like, he, he, he keeps everyone in their place, man. And, and Kelsey, arguably one of the greatest centers of all time. I'm sure the locker room's been ready this week. Like I said, Jalen Hurts is a leader, man. Look at his press conferences. He's coming to play this week, and and I don't I don't think this game's close. Yeah, so I tell you what's worrisome for the Giants is the Eagles have got to get things figured out. They've already changed one uh, coordinator. You know, made Matt uh, Matt Patricia a defensive coordinator, uh, or not really? They, they didn't make him a defensive coordinator, but they, he's playing the defensive calls now. The Eagles are have something to prove, and they're they have things to work on. And this stretch of games, they go. I believe it's the what the Giants, Cardinals, Giants again. So they have a 
an easy how or I don't want to say easy because no game in the NFL is easy, but they have a stretch right here where they should win all these games comfortably. And I think they're going to try to get some of their kinks worked out right here. Right. Kind of like it's like you're in practice, right? You're trying to work on things. And I believe they're going to come out and punch the Giants in the mouth right off the rip. I won't be surprised. Uh, normally I, I like I predict like a, a Jalen Carter monster game. Normally that's what I predict. Uh-uh. That's not what's going to happen today. It's going to be Hassan Reddick. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Then we're going to be the three names you hear because they're going to be the guys that have to get this defense going. They're the captains. They're the leaders of the defense. They were what made the defense so dominant last year. They're going to have the monster games. Hassan Reddy's going to have at least one sack. I will not be surprised if he ends up with three or four, have one of Khalil Mack games like he had earlier in the season. I won't be surprised if it's going to be one of those games, but you're going to see, to Dalton's point, you're going to see the leaders step up this game because they have to get this train back on track. And now's the perfect time. you got the Cowboys going into you know rough games. They have the Dolphins right here. Like I think they have the Lions next week. Like They have tough games coming up. The Eagles have a chance to win the division, lock up the two seed. And, you know, just get everything back on track. So I think this game is super important. I think the Eagles are going to feel that, and the Eagles are going to win this game by a ton. And I, and I like how you mentioned something, because I, I want to kind of go back to Kansas City, not for a full stretch, but I, what you said was Philadelphia's next three games, Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Chiefs' next three games, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. For the NFL, you just gave the two teams that were in the Super Bowl probably the easiest stretch of games that they could have when both of them need to figure something out. If you and, and I know in the prediction show I said, hey, Philly's got to I, – I did say I think they will. And I, we thought all year Kansas City will figure it out. They have three games going into the playoffs to figure it out. These are like practice games for these two teams. I'm not saying it's going to be Kansas City, Philadelphia, and the Super Bowl because the Niners and Ravens have been good. But those teams got tougher games. Ravens have a tough last three games. Kansas City doesn't. The Niners have kind of locked it up. But like you compare them to Dallas, they have a tough three games. The Eagles don't. I like I like the point you made. I wanted to bring Kansas City back into it, man, because they they're kind of in the same boat, man. The offense has been bad, but now they have three practice games going into the playoffs. I think it's very beneficial for both of those football teams, man. I I think it's it's what's going to help get it turned around both on both you know for both teams. So I just talked about the Niners and I just talked about the Ravens. They play to cap off Monday night Christmas Day football. Top two teams in, in their respective conferences. The Niners have been, you know, dominating. The Ravens have been good, both 11-3. and three. The Niners are a touchdown favorite in this football game. Who you got? Do they cover the spread? And, and, and what do you expect out of this game? So, you know, I'm not the biggest uh, Ravens fan. I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan. I Personally, I think Lamar is a little bit overrated, personally. And I, I've been on that train the entire time he's been in the NFL. I think he's a great football player. I'm not big on him being a quarterback. Right. With that being said, this is disrespectful as hell as them being six point underdogs. Right. It, it's disrespectful. The Ravens have one of the best defenses in football. I know they just I know they just lost Keaton Mitchell, but Lamar Jackson is fun. He's electric. He can this team does something that is dangerous to the Niners. They run the football. And why is that dangerous? Because the pass rush for San Francisco is crazy, right? With Bosa and Chase Young coming off the edge. The pass rush is crazy. How do you neutralize a pass rush? a running game because yeah. now the play action is there. This Ravens team runs the ball probably better than anybody else in football. And the the Niners, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for them because not only are you going to slow down the pass rush, you're also keeping a guy named Christian McCaffrey off the field. Yeah. Right, which is another way to beat the Niners. Just keep McCaffrey off the field. So I think the Ravens can have the kryptonite. I think the Niners will pull this game out, but I do think them being a six-point underdog is insane. It's disrespectful, and I 
think the Ravens defense and Lamar Jackson will take that personal. It's weird because the prediction I'm going to give kind of contradicts what I'm going to say. It's it's it's, it's kind of weird, and I'll get there. So I agree that it's disrespectful to be on a, a touchdown underdog. But then I think what the Niners have done to the other good football teams in the league, and they beat them by three scores, and now they're at home. So I don't want to say I think the Niners win by three scores, but I think the Niners cover the spread, but I think it's disrespectful that the spread is what it is. If that you get what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. do think the Niners cover because that's what they've done all year. But I do think for the Ravens in the spot that they are in, that it is if – you, if you are a Ravens fan or you're a player on the Baltimore Ravens, you feel disrespected by this. And you, and you should feel disrespected by this because you've been good all year. You've competed. And they beat some really good teams too, man. So I do think the Niners win. I think they cover – I don't want to say it's about three scores, but I can see them covering late. I, I'm, I'm worried that Lamar may try to do too much. And, and you like you said, you're not the biggest Lamar fan. We've seen Lamar in big spots try to do too much. And and I don't know if you if you've seen this or not, but I can't remember the stat completely. And if you've seen it, maybe you'll know. Lamar Jackson on the road in prime time, I think, has won one game since he came in the league. It's like one in fourteen. That's crazy. That, yeah, it's bad. So I expect it to be one in fifteen, and that's against the spread. So I, I don't know. I and, and like I said though, but hey, maybe the Ravens. I'll, I'll say this, Adam. I, I, before we go to the NBA, I want to get your opinion. I, I think the Ravens have more to prove here than the Niners do personally. I'm I'm curious if you would agree. Well, they do because we look at the Niners like they're the most well-rounded team of football. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. They have a great defense. The special teams are good. Like They're the most well-rounded. The Ravens, when you talk about the Ravens, you talk about Lamar Jackson. You talk about the defense. Like I literally just did not five minutes ago. But I'll tell you one thing that I'm going to compare it to, okay? So you were talking about – the 49ers, what they've done, what they've done to the other good teams, what they've, you know, and now they're at home. I, I know they're better than this team, okay? But I'm going to compare the Niners to the Browns just for a second. That Browns defense is crazy good, crazy good. And how, why are they crazy good? They get at the quarterback. They get after him, right? I know the Ravens lost to him. what was it, like about five weeks ago? Yeah. Six weeks ago in and and, and a pretty high-scoring game. But I'm going to take it all the way back to week four. Week four, they run into the Browns, who we knew had a great defense going into it. The Browns were at home, and the Ravens ran the ball down their throat, and they won 28-3. to three. Yeah, yeah. Okay? We've seen this Ravens team beat the Detroit Lions, who right now is the three seed in the NFC, 38-6. to six. Yes. We, we have seen them beat the Seahawks, who we just watched upset the Eagles. They beat the Seahawks 37-3. to three. So I don't think it's as simple as saying – well, they're running to the Niners. This is what the Niners do. The, the Ravens have done this all season. Yeah. You know, like like they held – look back just one week ago, the Ravens playing against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a team that we think will be a playoff team. They'll be a top-four seed probably. They just beat them 23-7. to 23-7. Mm-hmm. to So this Ravens team, this is what they do. I, I think both teams are going to come for a fight. The defenses are going to keep – are going to make this thing fun to watch. And even though I, we normally enjoy more high-scoring, more explosive games, I think this game will be fun because it's going to be smash-mouth and it's going to be a lot of hard hits. This game will be fun. And like I said before, it could be a Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it could be a Super Bowl uh, preview. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think the Ravens – so I don't think the Ravens have more to prove because they don't belong. I think they have more to prove because people don't think they belong. That's, that's, the, that's the problem. And that's why I think they have more to prove because everyone – and me and you just chose the Niners, so we think the Niners are going to win. What do the Ravens do? They they prove us wrong, man. So it, it'd be fun to see, you know, that kind of recaps the last episode where we give you guys predictions of, of this NFL week. 
and it recaps these three games on Christmas Day. So more games on Christmas Day, which are always every year, the NBA. The NBA always has a five-game slate on Christmas Day, and and it's typically, you know, similar teams. Uh, you know, the Heat usually play, the Lakers usually play, where whoever LeBron's playing for usually plays, the Knicks play, the Warriors of, of past. So I, there, there's some games here, man, that are, that are pretty fun to me that I'm going to try to watch, you know, both the NFL and the NBA, because like I said before, we don't have it, man. It's always been basketball. So to really start it off with basketball, the the 12, the noon, the 12 o'clock game, whatever you call it, 12 or noon, same difference. It's always the New York Knicks. And this year's the Milwaukee Bucks at the New York Knicks. How do you feel about these teams right now? And, and who do you got, you know, winning the opening game for Christmas Day of the NBA? So the Knicks have actually been playing really well. Jalen Brunson's actually kind of proved me wrong. So going, not going into this season, but going into the last season when he got that big contract for New York, I definitely didn't think he deserved it. I thought he was overhyped. He was playing beside Luka Doncic, and that's why he looked so good. But he's definitely proven me wrong, and I, I'll happily admit that. But here's the problem. Giannis Antetokounmpo is playing like the best basketball player on the planet. Right, he just a few a few games ago put up what was it sixty two points? Yeah, right, like broke the franchise record in points. He just uh, surpassed Kareem Abdul Jabbar for the most rebounds in Bucks history. We're witnessing Giannis enter his prime right now, like actually enter his prime. He's probably what twenty eight years old, something like that. He still has three or four years of this to go, and he's already the greatest Milwaukee Buck of all time. Again, don't at me. He's the greatest Buck of all time, and. He's only getting better. That's a scary thing. And when I look at this Knicks team, there's not one player on this team that can guard Giannis. There's not one that cannot rebound him. There's not one that can box him out. Giannis is going to be the big difference maker here. And I, I, I think he's going for 40 and 15 on Christmas Day. So I, I'm I'm taking a Bucks. I think this game could be over before the fourth quarter even starts. So I'm taking the Bucks too. I'm going to add to what you say because you missed one point. There's not a player on that team that can slow him down. <laughs> right, they can't guard him. They can't. They can't slow him down. That means he's going for forty and fifteen. The Bucks are going to win. And I want to want to before we go to the next game, I want to ask you: Did you see Becky Hammond's comments about small guards in the NBA? Did you see her comments? I did not. So she was assistant for the Spurs. She now coaches the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA. And and she was on, I think ESPN Countdown. It may have been TNT, but I think it was ESPN. It was one of the two, regardless. And she said that. It is not a guards league that the reason the Knicks – and she used Brunson. She said the reason the Knicks will never win is because you can't win with Jalen Brunson because he's not a 1A guy. And she said 1A guys are Giannis, Jokic, LeBron, Durant, like the bigger players. And she said that Steph Curry's the outlier. And everyone went at her neck on Twitter. And then Isaiah Thomas goes on there and he's like, well, no one's ever given us a chance. Well, they have given you guys chances. They gave John Stockton a chance. They gave Jason Kidd a chance. They gave Steve Nash a chance. It's not that she was talking bad about him. She was being honest. And why can't we be honest in the sports world or just in, in the world anymore, man? Like, she wasn't hating on those. She never. She said Jalen Brunson's a great player, but you cannot win with him being your number one. And it's true, man. Like, it's it's made for the bigger guys to be. And, and we've seen it, man. So I didn't know if you'd seen it. I guess I could ask for your advice, but I'm sure you're going to agree. Like, there, unless you have an outlier like a Steph Curry – I mean, if you want to consider D Wade in there at six four, but he always played like a bigger player because he was physical, he was competitive, he could jump as high, he could defend as good. So I wouldn't even consider him and Kobe as a little guy. Like a little guy is Chris Paul, and you know you you know what I mean. So she is even someone like Russell Westbrook. He's he's only six three, yeah. and Russ. And listen, you're not going to find somebody that loves Russell Westbrook more than I do. 
I also understand the fact that Russ could never win as the one, right? He he wasn't big enough. He wasn't like the thing is Steph Curry is good enough because he's that talented, right? Yeah. He he can score from forty feet out. And like once he crosses half court, he's a bucket. He gets and he does one point, thing. He's a bucket. His yeah. shooting, yeah. he's a bucket, right? So. The thing is, man, like, and I don't want to talk too much about Curry because we will get there. Like, literally next game, we will get there. But she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Like, when you look at these guys, who who's getting drafted early in the draft? Big right? Yeah. It, you're, you're drafted people like Zion Williamson because you're looking for these big guys who, who can do more than just bang down low. And a lot of these guys, like you mentioned, Giannis and Jokic, and, like, they can all – run the offense they can all score from everywhere on the court they like there's so many things these guys can do and these point guards are limited like like you're 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 limited without having a great big yeah so my question is and not to you i'll ask it to you because you're gonna laugh but my question to anyone who was hating on her for her comments the two guys that are in the rookie of the year race how tall are they the answer is both over seven foot <laughs> simple why, why did people say Victor could be the greatest player of all time? Because he's 7'4 with an 8'8 eight, eight wingspan. It's not – and it's not a knock on these guys. It's the truth, man, and, and and the truth does hurt, okay? But Isaiah Thomas, you had one good run, and you fell out the NBA. So, you know, you can make people want to feel bad for you. Isaiah Thomas, you are never going to be the face of the NBA. You are never going to win as the guy. People were ecstatic, Adam, when Kyrie Irving went to Boston and LeBron James still beat him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's – it sucks. It's sad, but it is what it is, man. And and look, like we can even like look at more realistic options, right? Last year, the two seed and three seed in the West was the Kings and the Grizzlies. They're two best players for point guards: De'Aaron Fox, John Morant. I'm not too I'm not too familiar with how tall De'Aaron Fox is. I know John Morant six foot two. These teams struggled when they when they went up and into the playoffs. They struggled. They both lost in the first round. Yeah, exactly. And they were two and three seeds. Yeah. Because their best player was a point guard. Listen, I do believe that winning a championship, your point guard, or your really today's game is kind of like positionless. And the reason it's positionless because everybody's getting big. Everybody's six six, six seven, six eight, and up. But like you need a good playmaker. But the thing is, a lot of these guys that we're talking about being game changers, Giannis and LeBron and Jokic, they're playmakers, and they're six foot eight, six foot nine. Like they're like at this point, like. Why would you draft a six foot three guard if you're trying to win? And that that's coming from again. I just told you a story that was a few like maybe a month ago. I literally told everybody a story about I was so close to buying my very first basketball jersey that wasn't a Miami Heat jersey. And it was gonna be John Morant. I'm a big fan of the guy. But at this point, why would you draft a point guard under under six five? Why would you do it? Because it's shown you cannot win with it. So yeah, she was correct. Yeah, and so I don't yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we haven't, you know, we haven't gave you guys an NBA show because we're going to ramp up. You know, everybody knows that after Christmas, going into the All-Star break, leads into the NBA playoffs, and as well as the NFL will, you know, we're about to transition into, you know, the NFL playoffs, which means you guys are about to get a ton of NBA content, and we'll get to talk a whole lot more about it. But the last point I want to make about this before we go to the, the Warriors and Nuggets game, all-time NBA points leaders. You ready? I'm just going to – you tell me when you hear a point guard's name. And I'll stop, and I, I think it's at number 14. But but you tell me if it's before. LeBron James, Kareem, Carl Malone, Kobe, Michael Jordan, Dirk, Wilt, Shaq, Carmelo, Kevin Durant, Moses Malone, Elvin Hayes, Hakeem Olajuwon, Oscar Robertson. He was six foot five. He's the first point guard I mentioned. Then you got Dominic Wilkins, Tim Duncan, 
Paul Pierce, John Havlicek, Kevin Garnett, Vince Carter, Alex Inglis, Reggie Miller, Jerry West, James Harden, Patrick Ewing. Like, yeah, Jerry West was a point guard in 1972, and guess what happened? The guys used to drop the mail off in the mailbox, drop to the arena, and play the games. So <laughs> it's not – so that – like, it's sad that she has to defend herself, but it's, the, the, it's right here on the numbers, man. Like, all time, realistically, you haven't seen little guys who have been – the face of franchises, man. It doesn't work out. I mean, and and like I said, it's not a knock because you've got guys like Russ and Curry who – and Curry is the outlier. So if you take him out of – but Chris Paul, Russ, the guys that we've watched, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, man, they cannot win as the number one. And it's because the league is built for a dominant player to be 6'8", and, and, you know, 6'6", and bigger, man. So I don't want to – like I said, I don't want to talk about it too much, but, but she was right, and, and people got mad because of Jalen Brunson's comments. So going to the outlier – is the one and only Steph Curry, and they're going and they're going to play the defending champion Denver Nuggets. The Warriors have kind of been disappointing this year. Andrew Wiggins got sent to the bench. Draymond Green got suspended indefinitely. Clay Thompson looks like a guy that is 44 years old and should be coming off the bench. It's just it's just not been good there, man. It makes you wonder how much uh, how much time that that team has built the way they are left together, man. Because I, I don't think there's probably much time left. Wouldn't be surprised if Clay Thompson's not there next year. And maybe not Draymond if he doesn't get himself in check, man. So, I mean, suspended and definitely that's kind of – that's something we don't usually see. Yeah, so I'm kind of torn on this game, right? So, obviously the Nuggets are the better team here. No argument here. They're the, they're the better team. And the thing is, when it, like when you talk about the Warriors, are we going to see a Steph Curry heat check, you know, where he just rallies off five, six threes to kind of get him back in this game? The thing is, without Draymond Green, you're not going to see that happen as often. You know, Draymond Green kind of makes that – I don't think that makes the offense flow. He makes Steph Curry flow. Remember what was it last year or the year before that like they started the game with that or like they started the season without Draymond Green and Steph Curry had like one of the worst like half seasons of his career. Yeah, yeah. Draymond sure. came back and you seen him kind of ramp things back up to the way he that we expect him to be. I don't think against this Nuggets team, Steph Curry's gonna be able to get it done without having Draymond Green there. And you know, Clay's been bad. That, that's all there is to it. He's been bad. Andrew Wiggins looks like we knew he would – or what we thought he was going to be before he went to Golden State, had this crazy year last year. So I don't think that Steph Curry is going to be able to get it done. So I'm going to take the Nuggets by at least double digits. Yeah, I like the Nuggets here um, for, for all the reasons I stated earlier and, and you kind of just stated. But I, I will say this, man, and I'm not – I'm not. A, I was definitely not a Steph Curry fan early on because I was a LeBron fan and everyone tried to say Steph was better. And it's just he's not. It's, you know, it, it, we both know that. But I've came to respect Steph Curry and the way he plays and how he's changed the game and how he was he he's had the biggest impact on basketball than any player ever, man. He completely changed the game. And 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 for for you know, a lack of better words, I think it's fun. Some people don't think it's fun. Sometimes it does get out of hand. But then when you get to see like these guys, man, just how talented they are now and and what they can do, it's it's fun to watch. So I do like the Nuggets here, but I'm telling you what, do not do what Jalen Brown just did to the man. Because Jalen Brown told him he was too small in the post, gave him his fifth foul about, you know, how much ever time, five minutes left in the third quarter, and you lost because of it. And he showed you about how much better he is all time than you and Jason Tatum combined. So if you're the Nuggets, don't do that. Because once Curry sees two or three threes go in, like you said, it is a heat check because if it is, he's going to win. So I don't think the Nuggets do that, and I do like the Nuggets here. But you just can't – it's hard to count Steph out, man, because he can he can keep a team in, in the game himself. And look, here's another thing that we didn't even discuss with Draymond gone. Who's go, who's going to even attempt to check Jokic? Well, the thing is, you can't guard him. Yeah, 
and now Draymond. That's what I'm saying. Who, who's going to yeah, attempt? Right. Because yeah. Draymond wouldn't have shut him down, but Draymond's your best your best chance at it. Well, Draymond would have won his chest. You know what I mean? He, he's not stepping down. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, give me a Jokic triple-double. It's easy easy to bet. Easy, easy. Yeah, for sure. About halftime at this rate. <laughs> hmm. So, the, the 5 o'clock game, the, the game that, you know, most people I think will probably be watching, uh, it's the Boston Celtics at the Los Angeles Lakers. Two of the most – two of the – the top two historic franchises the NBA seen, you know, the two winningest teams ever. The Lakers won the in-season tournament, have been bad since. Uh, it sucks to see. You think they have it figured out. D'Angelo Russell sucks. We said that in, you know, our preseason prediction show. I don't think he'll be there much longer. Kendrick Perkins said that he should be traded away for a bag of Christmas candles. He might be right. That's how bad D'Angelo Russell is. So I don't expect D-Russ to be there after the All-Star break. They'll get him gone for somebody, maybe like Zach Levine or something. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not choosing the Boston Celtics because I don't like him. So I'm. I'm going to choose the Lakers here. I think LeBron. You know, Christmas Day he always you know plays like LeBron James plays. But but Boston is the better team right now. So to be honest with you, I'm surprised this is the five o'clock game. I'm surprised this isn't the eight o'clock game. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. I'm surprised this isn't like the absolute like like I know there's another game after the eight o'clock, but I'd like eight o'clock is like prime time. Like that is the time that people are turning stuff on to watch football or basketball. So I'm kind of surprised this is not the eight o'clock game. But the Celtics, I don't know what to think about the Celtics, right? And that's me being completely transparent with you. I don't know what to think about them because, like, they'll go through a three or four-game stretch, like, this is the best team in basketball. And then they turn around and lose to the Warriors, who are down Draymond Green. Clay Thompson's not playing good. Like After you were up 20 points. Yeah. So it's, like, one of the things, like, I don't know what to think about them. The Lakers, at least they have LeBron James. So I'm going with the thing that I know, and that's LeBron James wins games. Especially when it comes to Christmas time, when when LeBron James is on in front of millions of people, LeBron James is going to do LeBron James things. So yeah. I've never said LeBron James' name more than I just did in that last thirty second uh, clip right there. But LeBron James is going to be LeBron James, and so with that, so what Adam, his game. So what Adam is saying, he's not taking the Celtics, he's not taking the Lakers, he's taking LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron. <laughs> yeah. So once you know, and once again, I don't want to. Spend too much time on these games because it's kind of just a prediction. But did you see Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce get into it over LeBron James? Did you see that clip by chance? I did, yeah. And, dude, it's funny because they're boys. They both played for Boston. And Kevin Garnett basically told him, like, just because he busted your ass for so many years don't mean you got to disrespect this guy. Like, <laughs> well, like, what he's doing at the age of, you know, he's about to be 39 in, in, in five days. So what he's doing, man, is something we've never seen before. And – you know, obviously, I'm a LeBron James fan, Adam, so I don't want to be like I'm talking about him because I'm a fan. But you, you've even said it, and, and for years now, like, why do people not just appreciate what we see? Because we don't have much longer with it, dude. And we're not going to see another guy like LeBron James for, for a long time. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And I don't know why people can't just appreciate what we watch, man, instead of being, you know, you're supposed to be a fan of the game, but it seems like they're haters of the game. And, and yeah, and look, Paul Pierce is probably the most notorious hater for no reason. He's somebody who won one ring, won yeah. one ring, and I has not shut up about it in 15 years since they won that ring. Like he's talking, like you know, he's talking about LeBron James. He always he always finds a way to hate on him. I think he does it just to get his name in the news. I think oh. that's what he does. But let's just take a look at what Paul Pierce did at the age of 39. You ready for this? He averaged yeah. he averaged 3.2 points a game on. 0.4 assists and 1.9 rebounds a game. That is it in 11 minutes a game. That's what he was doing at the age of 39. LeBron James is still the best player on his team 
and they have a winning record, right? Like, like we're not talking like Michael Jordan was 39, right? Like, and, and we're not going to this goat debate, but when Michael oh, yeah. Jordan was 39, he was clearly past his prime, but he was still the best player on a bad team. LeBron James' team still has a winning record. We still expect him to make the playoffs. We're talking about the moves they can make to be a championship contending, and he's averaging 25 a game while doing it. It, it always was my mind because at this point you're right. Like how much longer do we have to do this? Like how, like, I feel like the last seven years we've been saying LeBron's about to slow down. He's about to slow down and he never slows down. And I'm, I'm tired of seeing these old heads, right? Like Paul Pierce, somebody who had one moment, one moment, in the entire NBA, he was nothing before KG and Ray Allen came to town. And he was nothing when LeBron went to Miami and completely ran them out of Boston. Right. He was nothing after that. He had like a two or three year window where he was actually considered a great player and not just a glorified Danny Granger. Like no, no, I'm not trying to hate on Paul Pierce, but bro, like, well, like just remember, appreciate it. He don't remember the reason Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett came to Boston is because Boston was losing to LeBron James and that Cleveland team that had guys that are as good as me and you want. Like you couldn't beat him, so you went and got more and then you're pissed off because he went and busted y'all's ass in Boston since you gone. You went to Brooklyn. You said that you won to guard him. He scored 51 points on you in game three, and you never seen the playoffs again. Like, dude, you're, you're, you're trash. <laughs> so if we ever did – I'm just, this is for the listeners. If we ever did a most – the top ten overrated athletes of all time, I won't even go basketball. Paul Pierce is number one on the list. Easily. Easily. No, no debate. Yeah, it's no question. Can't stand him. He's annoying. You're mad LeBron James is going to score more points in the last five seasons of his career than you did in your whole entire career. Like, you're <laughs> so, with that said, I'm going to a game that's probably going to be fun to watch. We got a guy who we can talk if you want, who might be the MVP. Joel Embiid looking like he's going to be the MVP again. Jokic has a say-so in that, and your guy SGA's definitely got a say-so in that. But what Embiid's done this year, he, he's just balling, man, coming off another 50-point performance. He's going to play the Miami Heat, your favorite team. Just curious your thoughts here. Finally, Miami weathered the storm. They started off rough. Tyler Hero got hurt. Bam missed some time. Now they're back. They're healthy. Miami looks like they're poised, you know, for another, you know, run this season, get back to the playoffs. And, and you can't count Miami out. The playoffs, they got Eric Spolster, one of the best coaches in basketball, if not the best coach in the NBA. So I'm just curious your thoughts on this game. Who you got winning? You know, does your Miami Heat get the win here? So – I know everybody's like, oh, of course. But I am going to take the, uh, the Miami Heat here. Uh, main reason being, I said this going into the season, Bam Adebayo is the best defensive player in football. Or in, not football, in basketball. He's the best defensive player. And when you're going up against somebody like Embiid who scores 35, you've got to be able to play defense. And we're talking about Adebayo who can switch screens, right? He can rebound with the best of them. He He's going to be your best chance at containing Embiid. My only worry is whenever he comes out because we don't have anybody else that can contain him. So when Adebayo is going to have to play 40 minutes here at least, but Adebayo, like I said, is best defense player in uh, in basketball. And then you got Jimmy Butler, who's up there. Like, he, he might get upset about me saying Adebayo is the best defense player in basketball because Jimmy's going to think he is. But you got Heroes back. He's he's in rhythm. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. If you look at average, I, I don't care. Jaime Jaquez Jr. is the best rookie in basketball. Right. In Hold on. Let me take that back. Let me backtrack just a tad. He's the best player out of the 2023 draft class. He's not the, he's not the best rookie. Chet's better. But he's the best player out of the 2023 NBA draft class. I don't care about averages. He's he's 
consistent. He's playing a role on a team that's actually winning games. Like, don't like. I know people are going to say Victor. I'm sorry, Victor is underperforming. He's he's garbage. I know he's not. I take that back. But Jaime is one of the more underrated players. He's getting no love. But when you go watch this kid play, he's comfortable. Um, I, I literally just seen the kid in person right down here when they were in Charlotte. Um, well, it was about two weeks ago. Every time he had the ball, he looked like he belonged. And I think that's I think that's like understated. He is going to play a big part in this upcoming game, right? He, he's going to play a big part in this Christmas Day game. The the Heat have realistically six guys who can go off as to where the Sixers are relying on Embiid and Maxi. You know, like Duncan Robinson can go off, arguably a top five shooter in basketball. Caleb Martin, we just seen what he did to the Celtics this past post or yeah, this past postseason against the Celtics. You know, you got Jimmy, you got Bam, you got Tyler, and now you're throwing in Jaime, who just who looks like he belongs out there. Dude, this Miami Heat team is about to get dangerous. And that's not even counting what they're going to do in the come trade deadline as well to get even better. This this Miami Heat team is a dangerous team to play. This is the, one of the few teams that actually enjoy playing defense. And I do believe they're going to – I love Embiid, but they're going to aggravate Embiid. And we might see a little temper tantrum thrown this game. Yeah, so I, I like the Miami Heat here too, man. Probably surprisingly, the only thing that worries me is the, the Sixers win if Embiid shoots 20 free throws and there's a chance because he gets a lot of calls, man. I mean, I've seen where – I don't know if you've seen this. It was a couple of weeks back, and they were comparing AD and Embiid. And obviously, AD's, you know, missed some games. He's been healthy this year, all year. And it's like, why does AD not get the same call that Embiid gets? Like, AD will be at the basket, battling for offensive rebounds, getting hit, nothing's called. If Embiid just takes one step towards the basket, they blow the whistle, man. And it's it's annoying to watch. It is annoying to watch. And that's not taken away from Embiid and how great he is and how skilled he is as a big man. But – why what's the favorable call for this guy over over another guy you know and, and that's that's kind of why Sixers have stayed in a lot of games man is because he he get he's out probably the most favorable whistle in in basketball right now so that's the only thing that could worry me do they put Bam in foul trouble because Joel Embiid gets so many calls I hope not I want it to be competitive and I would love to see you know the Heat win this game I do think they win this game man and they got the pieces so the thing with Miami it's not just against Philadelphia Miami can they have the pieces to compete against the big dogs in the NBA. All the good teams Miami matches up with. And that's why Miami's so competitive, man, year in and year out in the playoffs, in big games, man, they can compete with whoever they play against. They can score, they can defend, and they're very well coached, man. So I just I, I don't see how I don't see how you can choose against Eric Spolcher in a primetime game. I it, and look, listen, so here's the problem though. When you when it comes to the Miami Heat, right? Like like when we look elsewhere, right? Like the Sixers, for example, slow down and beat, you win the game. The Celtics, you slow down Jason Tatum, you win the game. With the Bucks, you slow down uh, Giannis. Like you, like literally, you pick that out against the Heat. You slow down Tyler Hero. Guess what? You still have Bam and Jimmy both averaging over twenty a game. There's plenty of games where they, they are the league score on the team. Bam, twenty two a game, dude. Like, like you, you have so many pieces. Like you have three guys. You can't just say, hey, just slow him down, you'll win because you slow him down, the other one's going for thirty. Yeah, for sure. Like, and that's what makes well, them so scary. Yeah, and they they play so well together, man. So. I agree. I like Miami here. I think they get it done on Christmas Day. I know you'll be happy, especially if, especially for you, if the Eagles win at four thirty and the Heat win at eight o'clock. Oh yeah, and it's happening too, baby. You, you got a Merry Christmas, man. So to to cap off our Christmas Day, not only NBA games, but like we said earlier in the show, the NFL games to cap off the Christmas Day sport games is what I'm gonna say. We got the Mavericks and the Suns. Luka Doncic playing his sons. Literally, the Phoenix Suns, because he owns them. We all know about that. They hate each other. 
Devin Booker don't talk shit to Luka Doncic, so there's five seconds left on the clock. It ain't happening in this game. I'm taking Luka and the Mavericks. Luka loves busting their ass, dude. Like, he just – he genuinely enjoys giving them 50, man. I think we're about to see Luka magic on, on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right because, again, there's nobody on the Suns that can guard Luka. And, you like, you'll hear me preach it a lot. Maybe not you, but defense is everything, right? I, I'm a Heat fan. That's that's how we make our living, right? That's how we're saying every game. Dalton is a LeBron fan, so you're going to hear him preach more about, like, unity and offense, you know, yada, yada. But when it comes to defense, who is guarding Luka Doncic? Nobody. I'm sorry. If you put you can't put KD on it, like K- KD might be able to stay in front of him and guard him, but are you gonna put KD in foul trouble like that? Bradley Bill hasn't been what I know it's only been six games. He's trying to work off the rust, yada yada. Yeah, and they just rolled his ankle, so he probably ain't playing. So. Yeah. So like this team has just been underwhelming. Like Kevin Durant scoring 31. I think they're what 14 and 13. Like they're right at 500. This this was supposed to be the next super team. That's what that's what they were put together for. It's just I enjoy seeing it not happen, I personally, because I hate Kevin Durant, right? I enjoy seeing it not happen. Luka Doncic is easily a top-five player in, in basketball. You can maybe make the case for number three. You might be able to make that case by, behind Yoke and be, you know, maybe Giannis. Like, he's he's in that group of players, and there's not a player on the Suns. I don't want to hear Kevin Durant's, uh, Durant's name. There's not one player in the, in the atmosphere of Luka Doncic on this team. What was it, like, two weeks ago he had a triple-double before halftime? Like, you were joking that Jokic was going to dominate. Right. And Luka did Luka it. Did it. Yeah. Luka did it. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a crazy Luka game, like crazy. Like, we might see a 50-burger put up. If, you know, like, when you put the gun in parlays, you might want to look into doing something like that. Yeah, Luka, big game, man. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, you know, I don't – dude, Phoenix – and so I'm not a Devin Booker fan. I do think that he's like he, – he he has the the finesse to his game, man. And he's fun – like, Booker's fun to watch because he hits them tough mid-range jumpers and he can handle the ball well. Devin Booker's good, man. He plays with finesse. He, he plays with a style that a lot of guys cannot get to. But he don't talk shit until he's up, man, and I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Luka is going at your neck. From the time it tips off to the time it ends, man. And that's why I want the Mavericks to win this game because that Phoenix Suns team doesn't talk shit to Luka until there's only one or two seconds left on the clock. Dude, be a dog and talk all game if you're about it, man. And and they're not. So Luka- yeah, like we're not saying be down by 20 and trying to start a fight. That's right. That's not, that's not what we're saying. We're saying before before the game, like talk your mess. Like, like if you're gonna talk your mess when you're up by 10 with a 30 seconds left, talk it before the game. Like walk it like you talk it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't hide behind everything else. So, yeah, so, yeah you're 100% right. That's my, that's my biggest problem with D-Book. Yeah, so the thing is, is like, and I, I know we're going to, you know, we're going to go off topic. I'm going to go off topic here real quick, right before we wrap it up. Go UFC real quick. Conor McGregor. The reason people liked him, he talked shit in the press conference before the show. He talked shit when they were walking to the ring. He smacked you in the mouth when you was in the ring, and he talked shit after it was over. I mean, he t- look, he talked shit to Dustin Poirier. He, got, he broke his leg, and on the ground he was talking about his wife. Like it don't matter, man. Like he was talking it the whole entire time, and it's and that's what that's why people enjoyed it, man. Is because it's like he talked it before, he talked it during, he talked it after. You knew what you were getting. Devin Booker only wants to talk shit, bro, when he's up, man, or when there's two seconds left and he knows he won the game. Like, dude, Devin Booker scored or Luka Doncic scored the same amount of points as the Phoenix Suns in Game Seven of the playoffs in the first half. Like your point total was how many points he had. Talk shit to that dude, man. Like it don't get you nowhere, and it's just I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't enjoy it. If, I I don't like people who act tough when they're up, man. It's just it's not. That's not people think that like oh he's competitive. No, he he's not competitive. Like competitive is 
is what Kobe Bryant wasn't going at your chest every play, man. So Booker wants to be that, and he's not that. And, dude, like, it's really weird. Like, I, I'm sorry, and maybe I'm just way more competitive than he is. I'm obviously nowhere near how good he that Devin Booker is, right? But even, like, when we would go play pickup basketball, right, if a guy wanted to run his mouth, I would run my mouth because I knew I was going to be good enough to keep us in it. Dude, like, do our thing, right? Why does Devin Booker not do that? Like, you don't have to sit out here and call by a bitch and, you know, before the game. And you don't have to say you're going to put up 60, but it'd be nice to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't be front and center when you're up by 40, but in the back when it's a close game. Yeah, so it's like he's not confident in his – Exactly. Talk until after he knows they've won the game. Because Luke will be down six with two and a half minutes left, and you're chirping at him, and he's in your face, nose and nose, and then he busts two threes, and it's a tied game. But that book is like, oh, we're down six, Eric Gordon, where are you at? I need you to shoot this. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like, come yeah, on. So look, you might remember a few years ago, I like I wasn't I wasn't big on Lucas train, right? I thought he came out, he I thought he was gonna peak early, kind of like what Tyreek Evans did when he was with the Kings. Mm-hmm. Come out, have a great rookie year or two, but then like teams are gonna figure him out. Nobody has figured out Luca, and you're not gonna figure out Luca. He, he, he plays the game weird. Yeah, and he, he plays it in a good way. And he's confident in everything he does. It doesn't matter if it's a one-leg turnaround shot out of bounds from the corner, you know, from the corner. In his opinion, even though it's a bullshit shot. He thinks it's falling. He thinks it's a good shot. Yeah, exactly. So I've gotten kind of on the Luka train, and I've gotten to where I will turn the game on to watch Luka Doncic. Yeah, so the, I have yet to turn the game on because Devin Booker was playing. I, I know I agree with you on that. And the thing is, with Luka is he moves slow, but he's so fundamentally sound while doing it that his crossover is super slow, but it's so fluid that it's so close to his body that he creates enough space for that step back three, and it's butter. You know what I mean? It's just he just his style is not – you can't compare him to somebody else that plays like him. It, it, he is the Luka Doncic, and there's no other There's no other guy like him, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and when it comes to the Suns, like Kevin Durant's the same way as what we're talking about with Devin Booker. Kevin Durant does not talk until he wins games. And I think that's – like, I trust me, I know that's not the reason that I don't like him because the reason I don't like him goes way deeper than that. But that's why a lot of people have kind of fallen off the Kevin Durant hype. Like, remember, what was it, like seven, eight years ago, people were trying to say who's better, Durant or LeBron. And then Curry came along, and he took a, he took Durant's spot away. But everybody was trying to make that comparison, and Durant turned into that player. He would he, he would hide to his team until he was up. He would talk to shit. It would get turned around. He would lose games, and then he'd leave town. That's what would happen. That's just how the Suns team is. I'm not a big fan of the Suns. I'm never going to turn a game off specifically to watch the Suns play. I don't care who they have. If I turn it on to watch the Suns game, it's not going to be because of them. It's going to be because of who they're playing against. Right, like Luka Doncic in this situation. Exactly, exactly. I will watch this game because Luka's playing. Yep, for sure. I agree. All right, so that was a fun episode to actually – actually be able to talk a little bit of football and basketball, put a little bit of predictions in there, maybe maybe make a couple hot takes, you know, tr- try to get ready for you guys for us to give it another month. We're going to be ramping up these M- the NBA season really hard. Yeah. So just be able to look out for more content. You can follow me on everything, really, J4. You can follow Dalton on everything, Dalton King K1. Now you can go find our Facebook page. Me and Dalton talked about it on the last show, so make sure you go check it out. If Brock Purdy and Chris McCaffrey do not win MVP, we are going to do a jersey giveaway. And we're going to put a poll on the Facebook page. You guys can choose the jersey that we give away. Okay, so go find the Facebook page, The Cheap Seats. Then follow our TikTok. We will also post about it, thecheapseats.podcast. And we're out. <laughs>